You are listening to the weekly podcast of Bethel Assembly, Sedalia, Missouri. Thank you for tuning in. For more information about the church, you can reach us at www.bethelassembly.info. We've been taking the time to discover what does God's Word say about all of the craziness of our family circus. Now, maybe you're here and you got a little um, uppity up on me all of a sudden. You're like, well, pastor, my family is not a circus. We're dignified. Whatever. If your family is anything like mine, I'm sure it is. There's a lot of chaos. There's clowns. There's daredevils. There's showmen. There's all sorts of things happening in your family. Why? Because we are just crazy humans. We are. So now we're trying to figure out how do we put this family circle together? How do we perform and move forward in this circus that God has blessed us with? Husband and wife or children and mom and dad and all the above. And how do we put all of this together? What does that look like in today's society? Because here's here's the deal. If we don't learn about the family here, we're going to learn about it someplace. And I would much rather learn about it here, learning what the Bible says, than to try to base my family's success off of what society says. Because I don't know about you, but you go on social media, this world is messed up. You don't have to go very far to find out there's issues going on in society. So why not take a moment and bathe our family in the richness of God's Word, in the truth that He set before us? Today I want to talk to a group of circus performers that perhaps they feel like a stage extra. Maybe they don't really feel like they belong. They have the potential of being overlooked time and time again. But before I reveal the area that I really want to dive into this morning, take a look at our text. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 17. It's written by a man by the name of Paul. Paul was the single of all singles. Paul was very proud to be a single. In fact, in one part in, in 1 Corinthians, he makes this statement, I wish all of you were single. But then he goes on to say, well, some of you can't control yourselves, so you need to get married. So all of you married people out there, I know why you got married. You just can't control yourself. Our text, 1 Corinthians seven seventeen. where you are right now, look at your neighbor and say right now, where you are right now is God's place for you. Live and obey and love and believe right there. God, not your marital status, defines your life. Let me say that last portion again. God, not your marital status, defines your life. What are you allowing to define you today? See, whether you are single or you're married, your fulfillment comes from Christ and Christ alone. It's not based upon someone else, whether or not you're married, whether or not you're dating or anything else, because statistics tell me this morning that singles, get ready for this, make up 47.3% of the adults over the age of 18. 
And I began to think about this series, this family circus series that we're right in the middle of. And I thought, man, for several weeks, in fact, four weeks now, this is week number five, for four weeks now, we've been diving into what does it mean to be a family? We've talked about God's design for the family. We've talked about husbands and wives. We've talked about raising kids. Last week, Pastor Ryan knocked it out of the park talking about raising teenagers. And I began to think about this, and I realized that we're missing the mark on part of this family circus. 47.3% of adults over the age of 18 are single. So almost one half of the adults in this room are single. And we're in the middle of a family series, and half the congregation says, I'm checking out. Because... This next six weeks has nothing to do with me. See, it would be easy for each and every one of us to to pick and choose. It would be easy for the last four weeks for the singles in the room to say, you know what, I've got nothing on this. It would be easy for the married couples today to begin to check out and say, this really doesn't apply to me because I haven't been single for like 25 years. But let me encourage you today, allow God's word to impact your hearts. Because I believe that every word in the Bible is applicable for today. Whether you are single, whether you're married, whether you're a widow, whether you're divorced, whether you have children or you have no children, whatever the case may be, God's word, every bit of it, from cover to cover, from in the beginning to amen, is applicable to today. Again, our text, wherever you are right now is God's place for you. Live and obey and love and believe right there. God, not your marital status, defines your life. Let me, let me pause and, and jump a little bit onto something. Some of you ladies in the room have been living in the shadow of your husband for so long. You've lost your identity Some of you husbands in the room have been living in the shadows of your wife for so long that you've lost your identity. I want you to understand something this morning. Your identity, who you are, is not based upon that person that you're with. Who you are is not based upon the fact of you have somebody or you don't have somebody. Your identity, who you are, is founded upon Christ. Let me share some knowledge that I've learned from first graders. A first grade teacher gave her class the first portion of some Proverbs and asked the student to finish. Now, this is going to come around to the family towards the end, so just kind of hang with me for a moment. Number one, the teacher said this to the children, again, a group of first graders, better to be safe than... No, 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 no. According to our first graders, it's better to be safe than punch a fifth grader. (laughs) It's always darkest before, no, 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 before daylight savings time. (laughs) Don't bite the hand, no, 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 don't bite the hand that looks dirty. Wisdom that we can learn from first graders, never, never, never bite the hand that looks dirty. Dirty. Oh, here's a good one. A penny saved? No, a penny saved is not much. (laughs) 
Laugh and the whole world laughs with you. Cry and you cry alone? No, 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 not according to first graders. Laugh and the whole world laughs with you. Cry and you have to blow your nose. That's the wisdom that we can learn from first graders. Children should be seen and not. That's what we've always understood, but that's not the truth. According to first graders, children should be seen and not spanked or grounded. And finally, let's bring this around to our topic at hand today. A miss is as good as a... A miss is as good as a missus. According to first graders. This morning we're going to discover that. We're going to find that out. You see, I want to take the time and speak into a group of individuals that have probably had to work really, really hard over the last several weeks to apply what we're talking about. It's a group of individuals that may at times feel like a a third wheel, a group of individuals that is distinctly different in different places than many of us in the room today. I want to take a few moments and I want to talk to the singles in the room today. Can I hear a little shout out from our singles? See, there's more than, than you thought. But I want to encourage you that are not singles, don't check out. Because I believe that we all have a responsibility to encourage, to help, to promote, to lift up one another. Every one of us has a role to play in this family circus. So today I want to give you three moments of a solo performance and then we're going to get into the meat of the message. Number one is this. Some of you this morning in this place, you're single by creation. Single by creation. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, Paul is writing, he says this, but I wish everyone were single just as I am. You see, Paul saw the benefit of being single. He embraced that moment. Some of you singles in the room, you're scared to death to be single. You're so afraid that you're going to end up an old maid. You're so afraid that you're going to end up all alone, that you're never going to find anybody. But Paul says, some of you are single by design, by creation. I wish everyone were single just as I am, yet each one has a special gift from God and one kind or another. Perhaps you have never had a desire to be married. Perhaps the thought of raising children is not your cup of tea. You love being an aunt. You love being an uncle. You love working in kids' ministry, but you just don't want kids of your own. You enjoy the companionship of people of the opposite sex, but the desire to have a relationship with them, an intimate relationship, is not really what you long for. And you know what? That's okay. Culture would try to convince you that there's something wrong with you. Because everybody should be married. We all need to be married. We all need to have somebody with us all the time. Now listen, I'm not just talking to the 18, 19, 20, 21, 30-year-old in the room. I'm talking to all age brackets. There's some of you in your 70s that need to listen today. It's okay to be single. Our culture tries to tell you it's not, that it's not normal, but that's not the case. God gives some of you the gift of singleness. It's rare 
But it's a precious gift. And again, Paul, the single of all single, the one that every single ministry pastor across the nation is going to run to when he gets an opportunity to talk about singles. Paul says, it's such a gift. I wish all of you were single. Singleness comes with great responsibility. It comes with great advantages. Why? Because you're not mastered by anyone else but God. You have no one else to be concerned about. It's all you and God in that relationship. The second moment of your solo performance is this. Single for a time. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 tells us this. For everything there is a season. A time for everything, every activity under heaven. A time to love and a time to hate. There is a time to love, there is a time to be together, but there is a time to be alone, there is a time to be single. These are the people that at this moment in their life, they're single. All the youth are single. A large portion of adults, 47.3% of adults are single here in the United States. They have chosen not to marry at this time for this moment. The third is this. Single from situation. 1 Corinthians 7.15 But if the husband or wife who isn't a believer insists on leaving, let them go. In such cases, the believing husband or wife is no longer bound to the other, for God has called you to live in peace. There's a myriad of reasons for this time of singleness. It could be death of a spouse. It could be divorce, separation, abandonment. The list goes on and on, but for some reason or another, at this point in time in your life, you have found yourself single. Single in all three areas, have difficult challenges, different challenges. Different blessings. It was Three Dog Night back in 1969 that sang this song. One is the loneliest number that you ever do. One is the loneliest number. It goes on to say this. It's the saddest experience you'll ever know. Paul said, no, no, no. It's just the opposite of that. You need to stay single, Paul says. This is the greatest time ever because I don't have to worry about anybody else. In fact, I wish all of you would remain single. But some of you can't control yourself. Is one really the loneliest number? The singles in the room, there may be those times when you're sitting in your room, you're sitting in your house, you're sitting all alone, and you think, man, I just wish I had somebody to talk to. I wish I had somebody to hang out with. Well, I want you to understand that in this moment is exactly where you need to be. So your focus needs to turn to God. There's a myriad of reasons why you're single today. But I don't want you to get trapped in this idea that one is the loneliest number. I don't want you to get trapped in this mindset that it's the saddest experience that you'll ever have. But I want you to dive in and find out, God, what would you have for me in this moment, in this circus? 
God, what is my role? God, what would you have me to do in this time? Because I believe that right here, right now, in this moment, this is God's plan for my life. God, what do you have in store? So this morning, I want to look at three performances, three principles, rather, to the greatest solo circus. You know, as a performer, and I love the stage, I love to be on the stage, I love that experience, but as I'm watching performers, I think some of the greatest and most impressive performers ever are the solo performance. It doesn't take a whole lot to surround yourself with a whole stage full of excitements. You've got pyrotechnists going over here. You've got dancers going on over here. You've got Ryland at the keyboard just doing whatever Ryland is doing at the keyboard back here. I mean, it is awesome. Sorry, Ryland. Just... You guys watching back here? He's like DJ Jazzy Jeff. I mean, just... A couple weeks ago, he got going and kicked and kicked that light bar. And it flung over, lights flung everywhere. It was great. But it's one thing to have a performance with people all around you and everything happening. But that individual that can stand to center stage and all the lights go. There's one microphone and it's their performance. And you're right there with them. Why? Because they've learned the art of the solo performance. They've learned what it takes to captivate the audience, to take the stage, to own this situation right where they're planted. So I want you to listen very carefully this morning. We're going to look at three principles, three ways to achieve the greatest solo circus. Number one, learn to take the stage alone. Learn to take the stage alone. Let me ask you a question. Are you comfortable alone? Are you comfortable alone? Can you go and see a movie all by yourself? Can you go out to eat all by yourself? Can you go shopping all by yourself? Many of you in the room, you're not comfortable alone. I've sat in my office and I've talked with engaged couples as we've gone through the process of premarital counseling. And oftentimes I've heard them say this, Oh, well, pastor, they just complete me. They just complete me. Well, I started processing that, and, and I thought, God doesn't make half people. He doesn't. You were created specifically the way you were designed to be. The only one that can truly complete you is God and God alone. Now, they may encourage you, they may help you, they may be there for you, but do they complete you? I don't think so. Only God can do the completing in our lives. But so often we see this singleness, single solo status as a hindrance, but Paul didn't see it that way. In fact, look what he says, I want you to be free from the concerns of this life. Anybody in the room have concerns in life? Yeah, like two people over here and one here and, and myself. A couple of us have concerns and two of them were like under the age of 12. 
What kind of concern can you have at 12? 13. Oh, I get it now. That's where those concerns. I mean, you, you cross over into the teens and you're like, Phew. well, I'm 13. My biggest concern when I was 13 was, what am I going to do today? Uh, I'm going to go play in the creek. I'm not eating dirt anymore, but I'm going to play with the crawdads. It's going to be awesome. He says this, I want you to be free from the concerns of this life. An unmarried man can spend his time doing the Lord's work and thinking how to please him. But a married man has to think about his earthly responsibilities and how to please his wife. His interests are divided in the same way a woman is no longer, who is no longer married or has never been married can be devoted to the Lord and holy in body and in spirit, but a married woman has to think about her earthly responsibilities and how to please her husband. Paul says it's not a hindrance to be alone. It's not a hindrance to be single. It's a benefit, even at 13. Just thought I would throw that out there for you. Now, I've been married for maybe 20 years this year, August the 8th. 20 years I've been married And I've discovered something. There are concerns that come only about in a married life. Even after being married 20 years. There's always someone else's schedule to consider. Someone else to to keep in mind. There are others in the equation that must be factored in. It's part of being married. It's part of having a, a family. There's more cleaning. There's more laundry. And by the way, I've discovered that I, I do the laundry at the house, by the way. I, I don't do the dishes. I, I refuse to do the dishes because I'm so um, OCD or germaphobe or whatever you want to call me that it takes me five minutes to do one cup. So I'm like, uh-uh, I'll do the laundry. So I do the laundry in my house, and I've discovered something. Man, I can feel like I'm making progress. I'm going along. I've got all the laundry done. And then one of my kids decides to clean their room. (laughs) Dad, I got some laundry. And I'm like, get thee behind me, Satan, for you're stumbling blocking to me. No. There's distractions when it comes to the family. More laundry, more cleaning, more bills, more expectations. More that plays into the picture day in and day out. But you know what? I wouldn't change it for anything. Because this is the place where God has me to be. I love my family. I would do anything for my family. But there are extra things that are thrown on the plates. But here's the question. Are singles not distracted then? Do singles have no concerns in life? Is life just, you get up every morning, you're like, the hills are alive. I mean, is that what it's like to be single? Unless you're 13? And then it's like all sorts of concerns. But I mean, everything is great. Everything is rosy. There's never a problem at all. No, we all have issues in life. The question is, are you working toward keeping focused upon what God has before you? Now, now look at this. A married woman has to think about her earthly responsibilities and how to please her husband. But if, if you go up earlier, 
A woman who is no longer married or has never been married can be devoted to the Lord and holy in body and in spirit. Are we taking the time to really focus on what God has called us to do? 1 Corinthians chapter 7 says this, I am saying this for your benefit, not to place restrictions on you. I want you to do whatever will help you to serve the Lord best with as few distractions as possible. Some of you need to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 35 right now, and you need to underline several times, I want you to do whatever will help you to serve the Lord best. Some of you, single or married, you need to remove some distractions. You've got some things in your life. Some of you single individuals, you're so busy trying to hunt down that right person. You're so concerned about trying to get married that that's got you off track. You feel like you can't function in life unless you have somebody to walk side by side with you. Listen. Where you are right now is God's place for your life. Single man, single woman in the house. You don't need somebody else to complete you. In time, if that's where God wants you, he will bring them. I remember I was 24 years old. I actually made it all the way through a Christian college without getting married. Those of you that haven't been to a Christian college, that's a rarity. I talked to a guy just the other day. And he was saying, yeah, back when I went to, to college, I was at a Christian college, one of our Simmons of God colleges. I met my wife in September. We got married over Christmas break three months later. They call that an MRS degree. Some of you will catch that later. So I made it all the way through college without finding my wife. And I was 24 years old, living in a town of 3,704, probably 3,703 at that time because she hadn't moved there yet. I was a single guy, all of my students, I was a teacher, all of my students were trying to fix me up with every relative they possibly had that was single. True story. My mom is single, my sister's single. I mean, everybody had somebody, because that was before the days of all the online dating. Some of you are like, there was days before that? Yes. We functioned in life. So where was I going with this? I have no idea. Oh, 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 oh. God will bring them to you. So here we were. Sorry, that wasn't in my notes. So this is all the spirit flowing right now. So here we were. I I was leading worship at this church. I I was the part-time music pastor. And and I was leading worship. We were having a Friday night revival service. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm in this town of 3,700 and such odd people. And there's nobody in this town. The church has no one else my age. There was one other person that this girl's dad tried to hook me up with. But she was my student. So I said, no, that's not going to work. Just follow me here. So... And I'm out here and I'm leading worship and and, and everything's going on. And then I saw her sitting. She was right back here, the back row. I know she wasn't Baptist, but she was still in the back row. And while I'm fully focused upon God leading in worship, I saw her and her hand came up and there was no glisten on the finger. And I thought, glory, hallelujah. The Lord has provided a lamb. You see, in the right time, God will provide. 
in the right time, God will do what needs to be done. So Paul says, I say all this for your benefit, not for you restrict you. I want you to do whatever will help you to serve the Lord the best. If that means that you need to get your mind off of trying to find that other person and focus upon God and say, God, in your time, when you're ready, you're going to bring him. But God, in this moment, I'm going to trust you. Amen. The number of things... The number of things that can be distracting are, are limited, or limitless, rather. Hobbies and people and work and expectation and money and self and even church. It can be distracting if we allow ourselves to, to lose our focus and go off track of where we need to be. But, but Paul wrote specifically addressing singles as having the ability to focus upon God. But how many of us let so many other things distract us and most of those things aren't bad it's not bad to have a hobby in fact i think you need to have a hobby if all you ever do is work and never play you're going to get old real quick you need a hobby you need something to do you need connection with people you need to be involved in church you need to get a job because the bible says if you don't work you don't eat But these things can become a distraction if we allow them. But the Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And everything else will fall into place. 1 Timothy chapter 5 says this, The widow who is really in need and left all alone puts her hope in God and continues night and day to pray to ask God for help. Look at that. She puts her hope, she puts her faith, she puts everything in the hands of Almighty God. And the Bible says, night and day and day and night, let worship arise every moment. God, I'm going to give you praise. Oh, what pastors, that mean that i got to walk around Walmart like this? No, just keep your eyes upon the Lord. Lord, would you give me opportunities today to, to speak into somebody's life? God, would you reveal something new to me today? God, would you, would you pour into me something fresh and new today, maybe that I haven't seen before? God, would you give me a greater opportunity to be used for you day and night and, and night and day? She cries out to God for help. And then we have Paul speaking to young Timothy, and he says, I fought the good fights. Are you fighting the fight or are you just sitting on the sideline? Are you really fighting the fight? Because let me just be honest with you. This world is rough. I fought the good fight. I finished the race. I've remained faithful. And now the prize awaits me. The crown of the righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, but all, 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 every single one of you who eagerly look forward to his appearing. Paul encourages us here, fight the good fight. Push forward in your faith. Don't give up. Don't be distracted. Keep your eyes upon God. So I ask you, are you pursuing the prize? Are you pushing forward to the finish line? Avoiding distractions. Keeping the focus. Look at our second principle Enjoy the company of other performers. Well, pastor, 
That sounds a little contradictory of what you just said. Number one was learn to take the stage alone. And now you're saying enjoy the company of other performers? Now, let me pause for a moment. Married individuals, I want you to really listen here. Because I believe we can help play a role with our solo performers, with our single people in the room. We can be an encouragement. Well, I don't know that I want to invite them over to the barbecue because they're single and that would just be awkward. You were single once. You needed friends too. Right? 2 Timothy 4.19 Give my greetings to Priscilla and Aquila and those living in the household of Oniphorus. Erastus stayed in Corinth and I left Trophimus sick in Miletus. Do your best to get here before winter. Eubulus, aren't you glad we don't name our kids this anymore? <laughs> Eubulus sends you greetings and so does Putin's. I'm going to call you Putin's for now on, Pastor Andy. Putin's, Linus, Claudia, and all, other, all the other brothers and sisters. May the Lord be with you in spirit and may his grace be with all of you. Now, I spoke a few moments ago about being single, now we're talking about, or being alone, but now we're talking about joining together. All of a sudden, here's the issue. You come to the place where you feel like that third wheel, so you stop hanging out with other people. All of your friends begin to date one another, and they're starting to get engaged, and now they're getting married, or maybe they have husbands and wives already, and so you just kind of do your own thing. You're distancing yourself. You're kind of isolating yourself. Your friends rarely, if ever, see you anymore. And absolutely forget about dating. That's off your radar. It's at this point that you have to look to the other side. You've got to make a decision to pursue purposeful relationships. You've got to pursue purposeful relationships. Paul interacts with people from all walks of life. He didn't stick just to one group or another. He chose to reach out to all around. We just read the scripture here. He's talking to married individuals. He's talking to single individuals. He's talking to all walks and all people. He doesn't just isolate to one or the other. But this communication, this relationship building begins in the church. And I want to share with you very quickly. We are in plans right now of relaunching, hopefully this fall, Life groups once again. We did that on and off a couple times and just felt like that wasn't the right season for us as a church. wasn't really where we were supposed to head at that moment, so we disbanded them for a while. But I believe at this moment with us running two services and, and growing as we are that we need that communication. So we're going to have those opportunities and encourage you, get plugged in life groups. This summer, we're going to do what we're calling Sizzling Summer. We're going to have some Sunday nights where we just come together and we interact together and we get to know one another. I encourage you, married and single, be a part of what's happening. Get connected. The church is where it all starts. We are to work together to build the relationships to encourage one another. In fact, in Acts chapter 2, verse 42, it says, all all the believers, let me pause, does all include married? Does all include single? All types of single, yes? So all the people, everyone, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to 
prayer. As a single, it's easy to maintain a relationship with other singles or even restrict yourself to just hanging out by yourself. But I don't believe that's God's design for anyone. I believe that we are all to work together. In fact, the Bible says, as iron sharpens iron, so one friend sharpens a friend. We need one another. We need to encourage one another. I encourage you right now to invest in someone else. Maybe you are the single individual. I encourage you, invest in somebody else. Maybe you're a married individual. Invest in someone else. And again, when I say single, too often we just jump to young adults. But we have singles in all walks of life. We've got singles in the room that are in their 30s. We have singles in the room in their 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, possibly 80s. Singles in all walks of life begin to invest in one another. Married couples begin to invest in one another. Iron sharpens iron as one friend sharpens another friend. Finally, principle number three. Perform God's plan for your circus. What do I mean by that? I mean live the life that God has called you to live with all that is in you. God with all that I am, God with all that I ever hope to be, Lord, I'm going to live this life to its fullest. Acts chapter 20 says this, but my life, Paul is writing, but my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus. Look at this. Again, I'm sorry, Luke. Luke is writing. But my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus. The work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. Are you living your life, single or married, are you living your life as a representative that God has designed you to be? Or are you just kind of going through the motions, putting on a different mask, pinning upon the situation that you're in? I want to challenge you this morning to pursue God's purpose for the circus that you're currently living in. He has a specific design For you, go back to our text. What did our text say? Where you are right now is God's place for you. Live and obey and love and believe right there. God, not your marital status, defines your life. Live your life to the fullest. Live your life as a representative of Christ. 1 Corinthians tells us how to do that. Each of you should continue to live in whatever situation the Lord has placed you. And remain as you were when God first called you. I would tell you today, don't try to make your circus what it's not. Oh, I just have to get married. I just have to find that partner. I've just got to find that individual. I've just got to get married. Don't try to make your circus what it's not. Don't try to force anything into your routine. Just because society steers you that direction, allow God to lead you. Allow God to guide the journey that he's placed you on.
We're all called to be part of this great family. We all have a responsibility. Paul cries out and he begins to name his friends one at a time. I see that as you need to reach out. You need to make connections. But live the life that God has called you to live. I want to challenge our singles in the room today. Would you lean upon God? It's so easy to be consumed. I I watch it on social media. I watch it. Your identity does this. Depending on what's happening with that relationship with that guy or that gal. When everything is going great in the relationship, you are flying high. The world is wonderful. But suddenly you have an argument, you separate or whatever the case may be. Now you're down here, you're dragging the ground, you've got dirt under your fingernails where you're just scraping all the way across. Your identity is not determined by that individual. I would challenge you today. Put your focus on God. He's the one that completes you. He's the one that defines you. He's the one that as you lean upon him, he'll make that path straight. He'll supply your every need. The question is, are you willing to trust him every step of the way?